What's going on, coaches? This is Coach Lane here bringing you some more great content. So we are going to actually add this to the offensive information that we have been discussing. We've been talking about system and sets. This is just going to add to your growth as a coach. And we're going in this podcast, we're going to be talking about offensive transition. We're going to be coming and bringing some great concepts, some great theories, and some great ideas about offensive transition. Um, some of the things that you can incorporate in your practice to become a stronger offensive transition team. Now, we're going to do two series to this. This first podcast is just going to be a discussion about offensive transition. And then the next podcast is going to actually show you game film from some of the top collegiate um, basketball programs that has great offensive transition and we're going to show you the things that we talked about in this podcast and you'll be able to see that um, on on our YouTube channel um, and we're also going to have courses for you uh, drills for you that you can use in your program on coachesmind.com um, you got to be a member for that one and that's less than 20 cents a day to become a member get some great drills to add into your program but this is going to talk about some great concepts about transition offense that you will be able to use in your program this year this season that will make you a better coach because we are here to make you your best you to make your program the best program that it can be make it elite sit back relax grab your notepad and let's get it coaches welcome how we doing today so what we are going to talk about um, to include into our series that we have been talking about offense we want to add some more content for you about offense and we're going to be talking about um, transition offense um, I think it's something that's actually pretty unique. Some things that I've learned uh, about transition offense. I think we we all feel like we know everything, uh, but there might be some things that you guys pick up here that's a little different and original, um, and it's pretty cool. So I'm excited to be talking to you guys about a little bit about transition offense. So let's think about what is great transition offense. And I think when you think about transition offense, you can kind of tell your pace and how you play on how many possessions and points you get out of transition. But for great transition offense, I think if you have great transition offense, it puts pressure on the defense um, because the defense is forced to get more guys back. Um, it limits them from offensive boards. So they can't crash as many if you have great offensive transition right? Because they're going to need to get people back, get their defense set up to make it more difficult for you to score on the half set, uh, half court. Uh, apologize about that on the half court um, in whatever offense that you like to do. But great transition offense puts pressure on the defense um, and it lif- limits offensive boards. And I think great transition offense also takes great bigs out of games or limits them because you're continuously running, you're continuously putting pressure on them. They're not crashing the offensive boards like they probably could because you're limiting what they can do because you push the ball so well, 
I also think great transition offense helps with great defense because if you're getting easy baskets and transition offense, you're able to, if you're a pressing team, get your press set up. Um, if not, you're able to get your team back and make a wall and make a solid defense. So I think great, great transition offense does these items for you um, helps your offense in the long run, puts pressure on the defense, limits offensive boards. Uh, and then it takes bigs or limits them in the game, which is a huge deal if you're a smaller team um, or if you're playing against a great big. So let's think about some of the needs though. There's certain needs you need, you need to have um, in transition offense. I think the first and the most important thing for great transition offense is you need great defense, meaning holding teams to one shot. Uh, if you're able to create turnovers, that's even better. Um, getting like getting the long rebounds, not giving up offensive boards, those things, great solid defense, making it difficult for the offense and forcing the offense into bad shots. Um, the lowest percentage shot in basketball is the pull-up jump shot. So forcing teams to shoot that shot, rebounding that, and pushing the ball. Um, but if you have bad defense, your transition offense will not be great. But great defense helps and allows you to have great transition offense. I think the other thing you need to do is spacing, um, especially like in the college level and the NBA level, utilizing that three-point line and the spacing. Now, I even think in the high school level, uh, utilize a three-point line. I think you can have your guys go a little bit wider than run on the arc, but utilize that. Run transitional lanes. Um, we're all different, right? The offenses are all changing. There's the positionless offense, whatever size you're on, you run to. We'll get into it later, get into our offense later. Um, I know Michigan State, um, Coach Izzo, he run, makes them run transitional lanes, two runs to the two side, three runs to the three side. Whatever big run runs the middle of the floor, whatever you decide to do, utilize a three-point line and utilize these lanes to create space to create the gaps within the defense um, when you're in transition offense. And that's gonna be huge um, for other things that we will discuss, but that is huge when you utilize the space to open up the floor, to allow you to penetrate and get these gaps, um, so to speak. Next, I think you should have, when you, when you coach transition offense, Right. If you usually have great athletes, you can they can just sprint and just go and beat the other team down the floor. All of these different items, which, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. But that's not really transition offense. That's usually you have better athletes and they're better than the other team or you always had the better athlete. So you're not really having a constructive type transition offense um, when you just running. I think you should have three levels to your transition offense blowout meaning getting the ball out of your hands before the half court blowing the ball out as fast as you can um blowing the ball out is i think more beneficial than you know dribbling all the way down because the ball moves faster than a man so blowout i think after blowout if you can't get the ball out of your hands before half court then attack um your point guard whoever's bringing the ball up the floor look to attack 
um, that causes a lot of confusion on the defense of who's going to pick up the ball, how they're going to pick up the ball with great spacing. If you have great shooters out there, it spreads it for even more. So look to blow it out, get the ball out uh, ahead of you. Look Then after that, look to attack, attack the rim and attack, attack fast, zero second decisions. Um, and get yourself to the rim. But if you don't have a blowout, getting the ball out, and if you attack, but then the defense is set up, being able to gauge and read that as a guard, um, I think after that, you ignite it, meaning you start it. You start the offense, um, you get into your secondary break, um, and, and you get your offense going um, in those levels. So blow it out, look to attack, and then if you can't get that, ignite the offense, start the offense, get into your secondary break, which are, are key elements. And I think if you teach your, your athletes and your players these levels, blow out, attack, and ignite, it gives them a sense of ease when you do this. Um, I think it allows your point guard to have a clear understanding of like, okay, we don't have a blowout. I can attack. Well, let's get things started. And then to go back to transitional lanes, I actually personally like transitional lanes. I think that's really important to have. I know you can say, hey, two guys are going to run on the side, whatever side you're on, get it and go. And I know that's about speed and I know that's about pace. Um, but I think if you give athletes transitional lanes to run, I truly think that allows your guard whom if you are a point guard heavy and your point guard always gets it or whatever guard gets it can get it and push. I think it allows them to know and feel a little more confident on where the ball can go. Right. If you have the lanes, if two runs to the two side, three runs to the three side, um, you always have a rim runner or if you don't have a rim runner you space to the corners. I think that allows the guard who's handling the ball, know where to go, know where to look. So that's why I think transitional lanes are very important. And again, I know uh, with the offense is changing, it's a little different. You don't necessarily need it. And I think you just got to rep it and coach it. Um, but I, I think transitional lane actually helps your guards think less and just be more confident and know where the balls should go. And I think it allows you to hold your players a little more accountable um, in transition offense. Like, you know, hey, you're the two, you need to be on the two side. You're the three, you'll be on the three side. It might slow you down a little bit, but I think in the long run, it allows you to hold a high level of accountability and allows your players to know what they should do and where they should go. Um, and again, it's not no right or wrong. It's all about how you teach and how you emphasize and what you want done as a coach. Next is sprint. Sprint is a big one. Um, I think sprinting is huge, not just for your point guard, but that's huge for guys that are shooters. Right. If, if you're a shooter that's jogging down the floor and you're looking to get that transitional three, the chances are you may not get it. And it's not because you're not open. It's because you probably won't be set to shoot that transitional three. Sprinting creates a gap from the defense. Then that allows your point guard to push the ball. It gives him or her a split second. To, to, to get in the lane, create two guys on help, kick the ball to the shooter, and then that allows that shooter to get their feet set so much quicker. Um, but sprinting is huge. Sprinting does so – it causes confusion on the defense, and it forces pressure on the defense, right? So I bet you every coach in America does, you know, three-on-two, four-on-three, 
um, defense of disadvantage drill, offensive advantage drills. And as we, I'm getting ahead, but that's a rare situation that truly happens, um, like a two-on-one. Um, if you work a two-on-one in practice, the reality is the only time you really get a two-on-one situation in a game is if you turn the ball over. If you're a bad offense, right, and you turn the ball over, you're most likely going to be in two-on-one situations or maybe even three-on-twos. But it's very rare in that you are actually in offensive uh, advantage. It's usually, and we'll and we'll watch film on this, but you're usually have the same numbers, so like three on three, or it's actually a three on four, right? The defense gets four guys back, and three guys are on offense. So it, it's it's kind of interesting that we always practice as coaches these offensive advantage drill, which in retrospect, offense is rarely at an advantage in offensive transition. And if it's something you're like not sure or you're questioning, I would say you go back and you watch your game film and see how many times that you are truly in these offensive advantages that you may practice um, and, and tally it up. If you're in that a lot, then keep working on it. If you're not, then rethink how you are practicing your offensive transition and then go further with it watch some of the college games and see how many of those teams when they're in transition and pushing a ball are in an offensive advantage without a turnover or a long rebound. And I would even say a block, a block is almost like a turnover. Um, and look at those things and see if the offense is truly at an advantage. So all those drills that we do two on one, three on two, four on three, all of those things, right. To work on anticipation with the defense rotating, et cetera, et cetera. Are we really ever in that position in a transitional game? I think you're more in that on a half court. If you're a very aggressive defense and you help a lot, you're more in those situations. But I think it, you're, you're rarely in that kind of situation. Next, conditioning. If you want to push the ball and you want to be great in transition, and like we said, we talk about sprinting, Conditioning is key. You need to be able to be in shape to get the ball up the floor, up and down. And if you're a pressing team and if you're an aggressive on defense with the up the line deny, conditioning is critical, especially for your shooters. If you want your shooters to sprint like they did in the first quarter or the first half and to the last few seconds of the game or the last few minutes of the game, how they were sprinting in the first is how you want to see them sprinting at the end. So conditioning is important. Maybe I should do another podcast about conditioning. I don't think you have to. It all depends on your practices. But if you're like a half court running sets kind of a team and you don't really get up and down the floor, conditioning, I would say, is relevant. It's very important. But if you're a team that gets up and down and you play a lot, that is your conditioning. I don't think you need to add more conditioning. And maybe I should, like I said, do another podcast that talks about this idea of conditioning within basketball. But we won't dive too much into that. But just know that conditioning is important for great transition offense. Um, aggression. I think with those levels you give, blowout, attack, ignite, it allows your team to be aggressive because they know the levels of what you're looking at. Like, okay, I want to get that ball out. Once I get the ball out on the wing or the rim runner, we're going to try to attack. Whatever the case may be, 
but it allows your team to be aggressive and aggression on in transition offense is very important. Um, that creates so much, so much confusion on a defense because usually there it's a communicational thing that the defense has to work on. They got to find somebody to stop the ball. They got to be able to rotate all of these things, but it allows you to be more aggressive on the offensive side. And you need to be more aggressive, multiple effort plays. <clears throat> what I mean by that is a give and go. You make that pass and you cut, look for the ball. Um, or, or setting that screen, a pin down screen, or pick and roll in transition, any of these things that are multiple effort plays. Um, a shot is go up, get a little extra crash for an offensive board. Multiple effort plays gives you another advantage in transition offense. And I think offensive rebounding in transition offense is actually a very positive thing because the defense isn't set. The defense is still trying to figure out whom has who, and if you take an early transitional three or any other shot that consists of a rebound, I think offensive rebounding is at a high percentage rate or a high chance to receive or get when you're in that transition. Um, so multiple effort plays is a key thing in transition offense. And then as you go about it, I think as a coach, you need to figure out and decipher what are some key concepts that you want with your transition offense. I think you only need three to five. You don't need any more important elements of mastering your transition offense. And you as a coach now have to look out for, let's say example, if blowout is a key concept, how do you know your team understands? How do you know if they mastered that? And I think that comes with film. I think that comes with communication. If they, if you measure it, right? So, hey, we're looking for 10 blowouts a game, you know, set a little goal number and you measure it and they're consistently blowing it out and then they're attacking. Um, then you can say, okay, we're mastering the concepts that we're looking for. But as a coach, if, if you're practicing these things, you need to think of three to five key concepts in your transition offense and how does that look and how do you know they mastered those key concepts I think that's important to understand to do and to figure out um, to narrow it down not just for you as a coach uh, but also your players but also allows you to measure it and grade it so much easier so mastering key concept within your transition offense is important um so goals for transition offense or for offensive transition. I think one of your goals is to get easy shots and layups, right? That means you're putting pressure on the defense. You're forcing them to get back. You're forcing confusion. You're getting to the rim. So if you're getting, I mean, even open threes, that means you're getting to the basket, two feet in the paint, kick, and getting shots. So easy shots, layups is should be one of your top goals. Um, <clears throat> quantity over quality and, 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 I, and I heard this and I think this is a, a true statement of quantity. You want a lot of reps in transition offense. You want a lot of reps, a lot of reps, a lot of reps um, because the more opportunities you get, the more opportunities you get to score, um, the higher percentages you have to get these easy shots and layups. So when you're in your offensive transition, think quantity, 
reps, a lot of reps at it, a lot of reps at it, a lot of reps at it, um, more and more and more. So quantity over quality in offensive transition. And then force confusion and advantages. So help. And we're going to watch film on it. And we're going to watch film on Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga right now in 2020, the number one team, their transition offense is, is elite. I mean, they have a phenomenal transition offense and the things that they do in their transition offense. But I think they force confusion and they take advantage of the confusion. So if they have Jalen Suggs going down, he attacks the rim really aggressively, gets two fit in the paint, two guys on the help. So if you're in a three-on-three -three situation, right, let's picture that. <clears throat> and you get to the paint in a three-on-three -three situation, somebody then has to help. So then if you get that help, one person now has two players on them. Now you're playing a two-on-one situation. You just created a two-on-one situation. So you might have an easy three or you might have a backdoor cut, but you give yourself an advantage, right? So you wanna force that confusion because like I've talked about before, it's very rarely you are in those defensive transitional situations that we practice, three on two, two on one, four on three. You are most likely gonna be same numbers to offensive, dis offensive disadvantage and defense advantage. So that's something to think about and work on to create that confusion and create help um, in that. And then zero second decisions. And what I mean by that is long, long, long closeouts, attack, attack the closeout, attack the closeout, don't think, or pull the trigger and shoot the three, but don't think about it. Zero second decision, kick, shot, kick, attack, quick, fast, that creates confusion you force confusion you take advantage of the defense and you force rotation you force help and it allows you to attack the rim a lot easier because again in defensive transition there's no way you have a man until the defense gets ignited or starts and then you can get to your man but defensive transition they got to communicate they got to talk they got to get set they got to do all these things um, to get to where they need to be. So zero second decisions create that confusion and does not allow the defense to ever really get set. And then sprint ahead of the defense. Sprint, like we talked about before, some of the needs, sprint ahead. It allows, one, your point guard to see what he needs. It allows him to see if he has numbers, or if he doesn't have numbers, if he can take advantage or not. But if you sprint ahead of the defense, you now put more pressure on the defense, you put more pressure on them to get set, you put more pressure on them to communicate, you put more pressure on them to see what is going on. And then that allows you to create that confusion, which would then allow you to get easy shots that you are looking for, whether it's a three, whether it's a layup, but sprint ahead of the defense, not jog, not tippy toe, sprint, full out sprint ahead of the defense. So then how should we go about practicing this, right? We, we have these, these ideas and these things that we're talking about. How should we go about practicing it? And I think everybody does a traditional five on O, three on O, whatever it is, and you focus on, I think usually your secondary transition, right? If this doesn't work, we're getting to this ball screen. If this doesn't work, we're gonna cut here. Whatever you decide to do, um, we do a lot of breakdown drills. For offensive transition, we do a lot of drills that is, without the defense and then we add defense and then talk about it but it's a lot of 
it's a lot different, like we've talked about throughout the podcast. But when you do this in practice, here's my challenge for you. Um, because uh, on the website, on coachesmind.com, we're actually going to have um, some transitional drills on there to help you out, generate some ideas. Um, but those drills in, in most of the drills um, that we do and see is defense, defense disadvantage, offense advantage. And again, like I talk about, the only time the offense really only has an advantage is like a block shot, long rebound, or a turnover. If you take great shots and the shots are efficient and effective, you're rarely at a disadvantage on defense. So my challenge for you is to take the your if, whatever drills you have now, um, create it to where the defense has an advantage and the office is at a disadvantage. That's my challenge for you as a coach. Look at your drills or even take the drills that we're going to have on our website. Use those drills and flop it to where your offense has a disadvantage and teach them how to read it. Teach them how to create the confusion, two feet in the paint, create cause help so you can get these easy shots. But that's my challenge for you. I, I, want, I would love to hear how some coaches do that. Um, you can email me at acoachesmind at gmail.com. Um, and let me know how you do. Let me know how, how it goes for you. And then then co we can collaborate and talk about these things. But create disadvantage situations for your offense. Um, that That's a big piece. Um, know your concept and master them. Know what's important to you. Find out what you can measure. So, for example, if sprinting is important, how do you measure sprinting? Um, I think you need to break it up in fours, right? Measure it with four because you should have at least four guys sprinting, however that may look. Four guys should always be sprinting um, down the floor. And if, if sprinting is important, you can do it by, if you have a shot clock or a time on a clock, if you can see it, we want to get the ball down the floor in three seconds, in five seconds, in six seconds, and measure that. Watch film and measure it. Every time you're in offensive transition, measure it. Did we get it? Did we not get it? Do it in practice. Measure it, measure it, measure it. Um, or you can count sprints. How many times did you sprint? So if you record your practice, go back and watch, go back and look. Okay, we only sprinted 10 times out of 20 possessions in transition, for example. And my and our goal is to be sprinting at least 15 to 16 times out of those 20, whatever the case is, but measure it. Whatever gets measured gets done. So know your concepts, master them, and how do you measure those concepts and how how do you that's the main thing. So how do you measure those concepts? Um I think you do it every day, offensive transition every day, but I think you need to limit the five on zero. Um, the game isn't played five on zero, and I understand why we do five on zero because we want them to get the feel, the reps, understand where to go, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. I understand. And I'm also guilty of it too, but I have also learned over the years that five on zero does not always translate to five on five because Players get used to running spots, and if you're screening, if you're moving, whatever the case is, the defense is not stationary. The defense moves. So I say limit five on no. I'm not going to say not to do it. You can do it as a, a, a warm-up drill in practice, warm up with your transitional lanes, getting to where you need to be, five on no, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think it should be a staple of your practices 
Um, I think you need to do that with more five on five, whether it's five on five, three on three, whatever it is. Um, and you teach those concepts of blowout, um, attack, ignite, however, whatever terminology you want to use. But I think you need to work your offensive transition every day, um, even when you're in season, even when you're in the thick of season. Um, it's not about what you're doing. It's about how many reps you're doing it of. Um, so you can do, let's say you're in the thick of the season playoff time. You can do one rep of five on five offensive transition and then be done down the court one time and then be done. Um, so don't be afraid to do that um, even even towards the middle and towards the end of the season. But limit the five on zero and find a way to do more five on five because that's how the game is played. The game is played in five on five and that's a great conditioner. So think about that piece as well. And then I think you need to have standards and I think you need to, to demand it. Um, demand what you want. If you want sprints, not demean, but demand it. If you want sprints, you say, hey, we're going to sprint and that's what's the most important piece. And then if they don't sprint, um, if you're a coach about punishment, you know, it's 2021. It's about trying to be positive reinforcement. Um, I don't think you need to always run them, um, but you can take that individual out and sit them, whether it's your best player or not. But, you know, hey, this is not the pace we want to play at. Um, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want done. Do you not do you have any questions on that, right? You ask them, do you do? and they say, no, yes, I understand. Then you're not playing at the standard that we feel is important to be successful. Until you figure that out, then you can get back in the game or whatever the case is. But, uh, or you can go old school and if they don't want to sprint, get them on the side and they can sprint up and down or you can make them do push-ups, you can make them do some type of jumps, whatever that is, whatever you feel is best for your program. Um, but, Positive reinforcement, encouragement is is kind of the way that our bodies are being more fueled now and, and going, and, and it usually helps. Um, but have standards and be demanding of what you want. Know your concepts, write them down, and be demanding of those concepts. Look for mastery. Do drills that connect to those those concepts of mastery. But I wouldn't completely just do three on three, two on two, uh, do some drills that, 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 um, or more that are game, like five on five, it, just any items like that. Um, but think of that because then you can hold players a little bit more accountable when you go that route and then measure it, measure it, measure it. what you measure gets done. And for example, I say number of sprints. So as a coach, if you want to push a tempo, you want to play fast, or you want your guys to get more transitional threes, then I say count sprints, right? How many sprints should you have in a game? Well, let's go back and you measure how many times you are in an offensive transition within the game that you can get in and go. Well, then if the example will go at 20 and then you say, okay, we're in 20 times we're in, we're in offensive transition. Out of those 20 times, we need to have at least 15 sprints or you can actually measure that. Let's go back. If you have, if you're in offensive transition, um, 20 times, you look at it with four players, right? Four players must always sprint. The rebounder may not have a chance to sprint. So if you go four times 20, that is 80. And then you take that 
and then from there you should have 80 sprints in a game right you're in 20 you're in you're 20 times you're in offensive transition four guys should be sprinting four times 20 is 80 you should be getting 80 sprints a game and then when you're in offensive transition if you get those 20 reps then you measure how many how many times you guys got those sprints did you meet the goal did you not meet your goal then as a coach you got to figure out well we didn't meet our goal um what can we do to meet our goal do they not understand etc cetera, etc cetera. um ask questions from your players um so they can see and check for their mastery and understanding but that's very important that is very important measure it what gets measured gets done and then teach advantages and disadvantages so that's where I, again we talked about is trying to flip and that's my challenge for you is trying to flip your defense transition drills instead of going three on two um with the offense go three on two with two players on defense i mean two players on offense and three players on defense and then how do you create an advantage for that opportunity how do you get to advantage how do you can you get into the paint and create two guys that help how do you create advantages or are they set up to where you're at a disadvantage so how can i create an advantage with the disadvantage okay well you're in a two on you're in a two on three situation man these guys are already set up well if you only got two guys you can't get any pinned down why not just run a pick and roll have that guy or pick and pop depending on who's setting that screen but set that pick and pop he comes up that screen if the point guard can get two players on them now you're at an advantage um because now you can hit that pop because they got to have help um but if you got two guys covering one you're 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 creating an advantage um so how can you create an advantage from disadvantages is something to think about and think about all your transition drills and see how you can flip it to where again your offense is at a disadvantage and your defense is at an advantage um because we're going to show you film on gonzaga where more times than not they're either equal with numbers or they um are at a disadvantage and they're able to create advantages with how they push the ball their aggression in attacking and forcing help um so be excited to check that out but that is what you can think about with offensive transition that is very important um but we're going to check out some gonzaga film to really bring these concepts and ideas that we talked about here to life um you can be able to see those uh some of that on our YouTube channel. We're creating a course that are gonna have some drills, live game action from different colleges that are top rank with offensive transition um, that you can check out and, and look at um, about these concepts in offensive transition. Um, so all of that's coming real soon and on coachesmind.com. I appreciate it. Thank you.